Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet Global Health podcast. I'm Luke Worley and in this podcast I'll be talking to author Geoffrey Eaton about his research article that compares model projections of HIV in South Africa with recent survey data to be published on the 16th of September in the October issue. Welcome Geoffrey. Can you give us your full title, name and affiliation please? Thanks. Yeah, I'm Dr. Jeff Eaton and I'm a researcher at Imperial College London. Your paper assesses the accuracy of 10 mathematical models in projecting the evolution of South Africa's HIV epidemic between 2002 and 2012. For the uninitiated, can you very briefly explain exactly what a mathematical model is and how these individual models differ from each other? A mathematical model, it's basically a tool that we use to synthesize data from many different sources about, well, in this case, HIV epidemics, and, um, and we can... Uh, synthesize data from many different sources in order to make predictions about things that uh, we haven't directly observed uh, in those data. So, for example, uh, these models use information about patterns of sexual behavior and sexual mixing through which HIV is transmitted. They use information about survival after infection with HIV, information about the uh, demographic structure of the population, information about the effect of antiretroviral treatment on um, HIV mortality and HIV transmission, and use all of that together in order to make a uh, prediction for, in this case, what HIV prevalence and incidence might be in the future. And we also use these models to uh, make predictions about the potential impact of different prevention strategies. So if one was looking to know what the impact would be of implementing a new policy, we can use the models to evaluate that. So in this study, we used 10 different mathematical models, which have all been uh, used in the past for exactly that question, in particular of looking at the impact of HIV treatment as prevention in South Africa. There's many different ways in which the models are different. First of all, some of them are compartmental models that use differential equations to simulate the population, whereas others are individual-based models that actually simulate individuals transmitting HIV and the progression of HIV within those individuals. Um, the models are use different uh, specific data sources and approaches to calibrating to that data. But I think also largely, uh, you know, there's many similarities across the models in terms of they all capture the fundamental dynamics of HIV and how it's spread and the effective treatment on HIV mortality and transmission and such. You compared these projections against actual data on the epidemic from a national household survey done in 2012. How did the model shape up? Were some aspects of the epidemic better predicted than others? What type of model performed best? One of the things that was perhaps surprising to us when we first looked at the model predictions is actually there was a lot of similarity across the models in terms of what the predictions of the models would be in the very short term. So looking at the projection for, um, for HIV in South Africa between 2008 when the last survey was conducted up until 2012, most of the models predicted that overall HIV prevalence in South Africa would stay relatively uh, flat. That kind of prediction of a flat prevalence trend was, um, there was un underneath that, there were some quite different dynamics in terms of all of the models predicted that HIV prevalence among young adults, uh, those aged 15 to 24, 
would continue to decline between 2008 and 2012. And all of the models predicted that HIV prevalence among older adults would increase between 2008 and 2012, especially as antiretroviral treatment was made more widely available and people survived longer. And indeed, both of those trends are exactly what we saw in the new survey data. The survey data suggested that prevalence among young adults decreased by about the same magnitude as uh, what the models tended to predict. And the new data indeed confirmed that HIV prevalence among older adults increased. The surprising aspect of the new data relative to the model predictions was that prevalence among uh, particularly middle-aged adults increased more than the models had predicted that it would. And so that was one of the aspects of the projections that the model didn't capture. In terms of overall prevalence, can you pick out some of the reasons for the models' poor performance in this aspect? And are there any general lessons for the HV modelling community from your study? One of the uh, reasons that we identified was that we found that models that were calibrated to HIV prevalence among pregnant women tended to predict more of a flat trend in prevalence, as has been observed among pregnant women, whereas the models that were calibrated to age-specific prevalence data from previous national surveys um, tended to predict a slight increase in prevalence. And so that was one of the lessons from the study was that it's important to consider the interpretation of the data and the way that they're used in the model, in particular in this case, how we use how we interpret HIV prevalence among pregnant women in terms of being representative of uh, population prevalence. I think another lesson that we learned from the study is that we need to improve the way that we use, we model implementation of programs and interventions and to better utilize programmatic data and modeling who is accessing programs. We're very careful about precisely capturing behavioral and biological determinants of HIV spread in models, but often we've been more blunt about how we model programs such as ART programs. And going forward, population-level HIV trends uh, such as mortality, the impact of treatment as prevention are determined just as much by programs and implementation as they are by biological factors and natural epidemic dynamics. And finally, HIV policies will presumably have been made on the basis of these previous modelling attempts. What are the policy implications for South Africa now that the survey data are actually available? So the main implication of the survey is that HIV prevalence in South Africa is a bit higher than we had previously estimated that it would be, and that has implications for uh, principally the number of people that need HIV treatment and the number of people that will need HIV treatment going forward. It also has implications for how much effort is going to need to be put into HIV prevention programs. I think one of the uh, bright spots of this is that mathematical modelers have already taken this information on board and uh, new models have been developed that have taken account of this new survey in South Africa. And so as we speak, South Africa is developing a new investment case and a new national strategic plan for treating and preventing HIV. And uh, into that strategic plan has been a big modeling effort. And the model used for that has already taken on board uh, these new data and the lessons and incorporated the lessons from these data for uh, informing future policy in South Africa. Well, it is a very important study showing that modelling efforts can always be improved. Geoffrey Eaton, thanks very much indeed, and thanks for listening at home. See you next time.